In a day of hyperbolic language to sway people politically, we must guard ourselves against the impulse to sway people ourselves. It will lead us into a swamp of hypocrisy. Welcome to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's been my honor to be the Bible teacher for this ministry for over 20 years. We've rejoiced to be able to come to you every weekday. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its Missions Fellowship, the Bread of Life, in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Today we turn to Luke 12 and a warning that Jesus gives to his disciples as before them is one of the largest crowds they've ever faced, pressing in to hear a word from Jesus. And in that setting, Jesus warns his disciples of the real danger of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy comes at us when we attempt to hold sway over the crowd. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The movement that has become known or became known as the Pharisees actually began about 200 years before the time of Christ, and it began with a good and noble goal. It rose up to answer a desire to lead the nation of Israel to pursue God's ideal for it. It was a movement that was committed to following God's divine order and maintaining national purity among the nations in order that the people of Israel might prepare themselves and become prepared for the coming of the Messiah. It was, in this sense, an anticipatory ministry or movement that was meant to prepare the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah by keeping them and sustaining them in God's will and God's purposes and God's design and keeping them pure for his coming. By the time of Christ, the leaders of this movement had degenerated from preparing people for the coming of the Messiah to provoking the crowds to call for the crucifixion of Jesus who was their Messiah. Phariseeism had risen to become such a popular movement in Israel that the Jewish historian Josephus, who was born around the time in which Christ was crucified, would write that the Pharisees had not succeeded at persuading and gaining to themselves the rich of their community, but that they owned the multitude. They owned the people. They were greatly popular with the common man and woman of Jesus' day. But it was the Lord Jesus who exposed that this once pure movement had become degenerate and corrupt. The cup of the Pharisees was clean on the outside for all those to see, but on the inside it was full of greed and indulgence, he said in Matthew chapter 23. In fact, in Matthew 23, 27, the Lord Jesus says this, speaking to the Pharisees, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. This is where they'd come to. Something had gotten into this good movement, this good and purposeful movement to prepare the people for the Messiah and corrupted it. Something had started in it like a small spore of leaven and it had slowly expanded under the surface and brought rot and decay and corruption to the whole. And what the Lord Jesus does in the passage that we've just read is he diagnoses the whole movement and the whole failure of Phariseeism with one simple diagnosis, a warning as well that he gives to his disciples. The spore of corruption, that small seed of corruption that has permeated to bring down this great and noble movement 
is the leaven of, of hypocrisy. It had brought down this movement into an inwardly worm-eaten institution, which was now seeking to destroy the very one whose coming they claimed to be preparing Israel for. This is the warning. Hypocrisy had done it. Here's a definition for hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is to play act. Hypocrisy is to pretend. It's, in essence, to wear a mask in order to conceal a true identity. It is, in essence, imitation without substance. It foist a deceit or a lie upon those that it comes before. A question we might ask is, why would a person live out a lie or a deceit? And the answer is this. They are seeking some advantage for themselves. The advantage of influence, of acceptance, of power, of prestige, of honor, of position. The hypocrite seeks to take from those he or she comes before something they think they cannot take if the internal truths about themselves were truly known. You are, as a result, a hypocrite before people. You can, I guess, also be a hypocrite before yourself. You tell yourselves lies so you can live with yourself. And the words that the Lord Jesus speaks here now is to address this dangerous spore, this element that can bring destruction and has so so significantly destroyed this once noble movement into a movement full of basically people who are assassins at heart of God's truth and God's purpose and God's goal. And now the Lord Jesus turns in this moment when the multitude is pressing upon them to give them some instruction. The crowds have gathered around. Maybe they've heard of the confrontation that the Lord Jesus has had with the Pharisees and they wanted to learn more. But they've gathered around to hear the Lord Jesus speak in the streets of the city in which Jesus is in. And they are pressing in upon with one another. The crowd is so large you can't count them. And this could be actually, if you look at it and read the language, this could be the largest crowd that's ever come to hear the Lord Jesus speak at any time. And they don't have microphones. The only way to hear what he has to say is you've got to press in tight and so they're pressing in through these streets to get close to him. And as they're pressing in, they're, they're nearly trampling one another. Luke 12 is really an expression of the Lord Jesus' teaching. There's much of what you find in Luke 12 that is repeated throughout the Gospels in different situations and settings in which the Lord Jesus taught. But now the Lord Jesus is sharing a number of these different truths and these different things to this multitude and sometimes you'll see that he's speaking to his disciples and other times he's speaking to the crowd that's there I think he's actually speaking to them all they're all hearing it but sometimes his words are intentionally directed towards the disciples and other times they're broadened out to speak to the crowd that is before him but it's important for us to see that it's in this very moment and this is the setting in which the Lord Jesus gives this instruction and so this will serve as our first point and the first point will simply be this it's before the crowd that Christ warns his disciples to beware of the spore of hypocrisy. It's before the crowd that Christ warns his disciples to beware of the spore of hypocrisy. The desire to gain an influence with others grows the more you grow in influence with others. The success of making impact usually makes you want to continue to make impact in the lives of people. And at the same time, the more people you have the ability to impress with your life, the more will grow the temptation to hold on to that ability by concealing from those very people anything in your heart and life that might negatively affect that ability to influence them. Josephus said that the Pharisees owned the multitude and they wanted to keep hold of what they owned. To do this, they had to conceal some things. 
to influence and maintain their influence that they held over the masses, they had to pretend to be something that they increasingly were not. They pretended after a purity of life and heart that was only painted on the outside of their lives and their conversations, but did not reflect the moral decay and the spiritual decay that was going on on the inside. Their love for influence, their desire to hold the multitude and maintain their impact, even in things that were basically good, had slowly brought them to a place where they had to keep appearances when the reality of their lives didn't match their message. And now the disciples are coming before their own moment. A great movement seems to be forming all around them. People are crushing in upon them to hear the Lord Jesus speak, of which they have been made his assistants, his who have been at the head of this great movement, and the temptation for them will be the same as it was for the Pharisees, that temptation that swallowed them up and destroyed them. The danger will be to continue in public service and gain and maintain their influence in this great movement through roles that they played and facades that they lifted up in order to hide the reality of their own weakness and their own failure and their own sins. They had to be warned now to be aware of the spore of pretending or playing roles, such acting in order to gain the heart and minds of the crowd was the same rot of hypocrisy that had brought its destruction to the Pharisees. It was before the crowd and before this potential influence that they were being warned of the danger of hypocrisy. These disciples, by the way, were not going to achieve the seeming success of mass influence that the Pharisees had over Israel. They're not. They answer the call of Christ and proclaim the gospel to the end of the earth, and in answering that call, they discover very quickly that they've gone out like lambs among wolves. They're not being received as they thought they'd be received. They'll, like John the Baptist, have their moments in which the crowds will gather around them and listen to them, but they will also, like John the Baptist, almost all of them in their days in forgotten places, persecuted and martyred. Paul himself writes in his last letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy of the disposition of his life and where all of the work and ministry of his life has brought him to, and the words are rather stunning to us, and it's not what we would imagine. In 2 Timothy 4.16, this is what Paul writes. At my first defense, no one stood with me. Everyone forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Not long after that, Paul will be beheaded by Nero. His day ends and all the service and all of his ministry and all that he's done has ended in a moment of what seems to be complete abandonment. And then death. I think this was God's plan. Through hardship and disappointment and loneliness and forgotten labors, God was actually protecting the message and protecting the messengers from gaining and holding influence with people by anything else but quiet lives that were carried out under the control and command of Christ and through the power of His Holy Spirit. So let's pause here for a moment, getting that idea that this message of warning against Hypocrisy has come at this point of temptation in which they have the opportunity to influence the multitudes. And let's just ask ourselves an important question here. And the question is, how do you protect yourself from the spore of hypocrisy? How do you protect yourself from the spore of hypocrisy? I'm going to mention five things here. And these are just a subset under our first point. But these are five things I'm going to suggest will help protect you from the spore of hypocrisy. And the first one is this. In light of the situation of the setting in which Christ is speaking, it's this. Forsake the desire 
to influence the crowd. Run from the desire to influence the crowd. In fact, forsake the desire to bring your influence directly upon any person or any individual. Here's the second point. I think I'll make this plain to you in just a moment. It might sound odd. What do you mean? I thought we were supposed to influence people. I thought we were supposed to impact people. We want to have, be people have strategic impact in the lives of people. And I'm saying forsake that. Don't let that be the impulse of your life. I want to put an imprint on people's lives. You've got to put that aside. Here's the second one. Approach people instead with a determined and consistent commitment that the Lord Jesus and his Holy Spirit will come between you and them at all times as the mediator. That Jesus and the Spirit will be the one that will proceed ahead of you, bearing the influence and bearing the impact and bearing the contact and making the touch. Not you, not you. Him will be the one that will be going ahead and working. And you only work through him. Here's the third one. When before another person or before a crowd, remember that your desire must be to be heard and seen and noted of God. Before people and before the crowd, your overwhelming desire must be to be seen and heard and noted of God more than anyone else. I want God to see me. I want God to hear me. I want God to note me more than I want anyone else to hear me and see me and note me. Thanks for joining us today at The Bread of Life. Our ministry is brought to you by the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism. It's our purpose to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, personal discipleship, and the planning of new churches around the world. If you'd like to learn more, please go to traincpe.org to contact us now until we gather again around the Bread of Life. May God bless you.